Hello, my friends. Thank you for joining me today. I'm very excited for today's episode. Uh, it's episode 124, and we're going to think differently today with my friend Lillian Jackson. So Lillian and I had the opportunity to spend a week together in Papua New Guinea. She was one of the five others that we were we were shipped off to a different location, a different city, Rabal and Kokopo. And during that time, I had an awesome opportunity to get to know Lillian a little more and get to know some of her thoughts, one of which we're totally going to dive into today. So Lillian, I just want to pass the baton over to you and I want to hear all about your ideas of how business is not emotional. Okay. Thank you, Kathy. Um, hi, everyone. So, um, yeah, just in reflection, when we think about business, how do we think about it? Most people think that it's all or nothing. Business in and of itself is not an emotional thing. So let's think about it. What is business? The act of business is your processes, your procedures. It's your how-tos. It's your metrics. It's all of those things that measure success. Now, the emotional side of it isn't really the business piece because business is systems, right? The emotional side is when we integrate humanity into business. What do I mean by that? Most companies start with a vision and a mission statement. What's in the vision and mission statement? It's usually those words, those things that tug at your heartstrings, that pull in your emotions, that draw you in to the why. The why is emotional. The processes are not. And most people intermingle them and make, oh, well, that business sucks because of this. And that business sucks because of that. And most of the time, it's tied to an emotional definition, meaning, or insight that they've given for that business. It's not about the systems and the structure because a bank is a bank is a bank. However, one bank may greet you with cookies. Another bank, you might not get anything except overdraft fees. And so what's tied to that? Emotions. Why? Because one, you're touching my money. When you take my fees, you, you that's my money. That's emotional to me because now my money allows me to take care of my family. It allows me to do all of these things. And so now I have a disdain for your business because you impacted me in a way that prevents me from taking care of the things and going to places and seeing the people that I care about. But business in and of itself, if you look at the bank, you look at the structure of the bank, there's tellers, there's you know all of those things. The system is the same, no matter what bank you go to. It is the vision, the pur purpose, and the mission of that company that sets them apart. Think about Chick-fil-A. Everybody loves Chick-fil-A, not necessarily because of the food's great, but because the, the experience is amazing, right? It, it's a fast food restaurant. It is a business. It runs on a system. Everything is mapped out and everybody goes through the same training. However, if you go there and you, you get somebody that doesn't smile at you, oh, well, I'm not going to go to the Chick-fil-A anymore. That, that, that's a, an emotional response that has nothing to do with the business itself. So let, let's talk about what that looks like emotionally, right? We're wired for emotions. People are, oh, we're wired that way. We're wired for relationship. We're wired to be connected. We're wired to be heard and understood. But when we encounter an entity 
a business structure, our job, our own business, our employees, and they are not um, feeding us, so to speak, emotionally, then now our reflection of them, how we see them is, I hate it here. And you make it about the business and not about your perception. Okay, time out there a minute. Yes, ma'am. That's so interesting what you just said. Business is business. It's about systems. It's about processes. But if I don't get my emotional fix, you're right. I declare my unhappiness toward that business. Meanwhile, it's more toward people, mm-hmm. but I'm relating those people to that, to that right. business. Yeah. And most people don't separate the two. Ooh. Business is business. It's it's not personal. And so even as my friend, if I say, Kathy, I'm going to charge you $75 for this pen. You might say, well, I thought we was friends, girl. Can I get a discount? But this is my business. I made this with my hands. I crafted this. This is my skill set. And so you're saying to me that my business is not just a business. Now you're tying my business to our relationship. And that's unfair. If I'm good at what I do, if it's beautiful and you love it, you should be willing to pay for it. That's the business side of it. But when we take the relationship and twist it into something that says, well, you know, I mean, we're friends. You should give me that absolute discount or you should give me therapy for free because I'm a therapist. People are always like, hey, I got a question. <laughs> you, you know, it's different if we're just having a girlfriend to girlfriend conversation. But when you cross the boundaries of my business, then you're saying, I don't value your business enough, but I want to benefit from your business. Right. Wow. Two different things. I don't want to pay for it, but I still want to receive from it. Right. Right. It's crossing business and relationships and emotions. Mm -hmm. That's why businesses really could run off of robots. They could. Because the processes, the systems, they're logical. And when we think logically, most people don't rest in logic. And and some people that rest in logic never tap into emotion. So they're dysregulated. Some people are all emotion and never use logic. They're dysregulated. It is a, the balance of the two that makes you forced to be reckoned with. Because I can walk into mediation and negotiations and get what I came for. And I can still say, hey, you should come to the community event. We're going to have a great time. Let's break bread. And and it doesn't define who I am to you. That was business. This is not a relationship. But people want to muddle them and say, they must not like me. Well, if, if there's a process in place in your workplace and you say, well, I don't want to do that. That's stupid. That is now your preference. And so when we, when we tie our preferences to our jobs, well, I don't like that person. Well, they don't listen to me well enough, or they don't do this. And I, you know, I gave them an idea. No one listened to me. Now your hurt feelings are dictating how you show up in the workplace. And so then you do a subpar job and you wonder why you're not getting promoted. Business and emotions can coexist. However, there's boundaries for both. 
And, and so that's what I meant by business is not emotional. We, we want to blame the business for our failures, but we're not really looking at how am I showing up in that business? Right. Am I giving 100% for the standard okay. that's not my preference of the standard? Because they may say, oh, sorry. Oh, no, go ahead. No, they may say only use blue ink. And you might say, well, I like purple. And I send your work back because you wrote in purple. Why are they picking on me? It was really good and I know it was right. But the standard is blue ink. Why did you give them purple? Because of your preference? And then now you're upset. Hmm. Mm, so now you're emotional over something that was pretty black and white <laughs> and and in writing as their standard but right. you made an emotional issue exactly okay so when have you seen this it, you know what kind of examples have you seen where where it's collided and confused the people they actually confused the emotion with the business and they they weren't able to separate it until you brought it to their attention well um so there was a learning lesson for me um, so I'm a, I'm an army veteran and, um, we had a project that we were working on. I was absolutely right. Absolutely right. To the T, to the standard. <laughs> absolutely right. But my way about going, um, forth to let them know that I was right was out of line with the standard. Ooh. The standard was that sergeant outranked this specialist. This specialist decided to tell that sergeant I wasn't done talking. Oh, I was right because he cut me off. But was I right? You tr you you pushed the the hierarchy. I did, and so the standard of the military is there. There's a hierarchical structure, and you follow it even when they're not right. Why? Because that's the standard. And then after the fact, you can go and have a conversation with them, but not in front of everybody. You don't ever do that because now you're saying bullseye, I'm a target. Mm -hmm. And so because I did that, I suffered wage loss. I suffered military discipline. I suffered all of those things. Um, As you giggle. <laughs> and I, I'm giggling now because I realize how I sabotaged me. Ooh. At the moment, well, he was wrong because I was talking and he cut me off and I was dignified and emotional about why I was right. <laughs> but I wasn't paying attention to the standard that was set. Mm. And so hindsight is it cost me something. What did it cost me? It cost me rank. Right. It cost me money. And it cost me extra duty in the hot sun, 103, cutting grass and painting rocks. Was it worth it? Hindsight? I'm much older now. No, it wasn't worth it. <laughs> Who wants to give up time, money, and effort just to be right? And so what I've learned in this process of separating emotions and business is that I can be right but there's a proper way in order to set forth that information. And if I'm emotional about it, it's always going to be out of, out, outside of the standard. 
because then I'm going to do it according to my preference and not according to the standard. I mean, okay. preference may, may be, sorry about that, may just be to prove them wrong. Ouch. Okay, so what I hear you saying, though, too, is the business has a standard or a process that they follow. And then I hear you say, yeah, but I was right. I just did it wrong. Your right or your logic is totally opposite of the standard. So it doesn't mean that the process a business has is the most accurate or, or logical. It just means that's their process. So that's their fact. Right. Exactly. You're not there to fight it. And so if you think about that, they have the process, but if you're not willing to honor the process, yeah, how will they know that you really get that it's broken? If you just go against it versus saying, okay, I followed the process, I found a more effective way, then your voice cannot be heard when it's, well, <clears throat> that's stupid. Why are we doing it that way? That's a waste of time. There's a shorter way. There, okay, but you're not helping the person that you said I will serve realize their vision, even if their methodology is wacky. You, you haven't helped move the needle. So why would they hear your voice? You haven't shown yourself diligent and consistent to the success of the business, but you want to be heard. So isn't you it almost emotions are coming back around here? That if we let our emotions go after the process to fix it because efficiencies, hello, that's going to save money and save time. But if we allow our emotions to come back and take over, there's, there's a breakdown. Nothing good is going to happen. So we have to be wise Absolutely. if we want to change a process. Right. Because insubordination is just that. And so they're not hearing you, even though you're right. When you go against the standard without following the standard, then what are you improving? Because they're going to say, have you done the standard? Well, no, because it's stupid. Well, how do you know how to fix it? Well, I can just look at it and tell. And, and so we justify and then we feel rejected when they say, well, that's not how things work. Things are done in decency and in order. And so I love that bit of wisdom because when you think about what that means, things are done in decency and in order. It simply means that there's a process, there's a procedure, there's a way to get it done. And even if it's not the most efficient or the most effective, when you go through the process, you can see the intricacies and also ask the questions on how they came up with that process and show them, okay, so I, I see the intent. What if we tweak this? What if we tweak this? Then they know that, that you are following the vision. Like you're helping them move towards the vision by improving the processes. But if you're just bumping up against it and bumping up against it and you never take the the effort to try to understand what they're uh, attempting to accomplish, then right now you're just, um, you're, you're a distraction to the vision. Right. And then, then that becomes emotional to the leaders. It becomes emotional to the business owner, to the vision carrier. Well, you don't fall in line with our culture because you're divisive. You know what I'm saying? And so when they start pointing those things out about you, then it's even more emotional. 
<laughs> right. But, right. They're more of a nuisance to the entire mission, and we don't right. need that right now. So we right. don't need to. And even in leadership, if you think about what we share with people when we're doing these travels around the world, right? What we share with them is you have to follow in order to lead. Mm. And so, yeah, could I go and, and lecture you for two hours on whatever whatever it is we're doing at the table? Absolutely. However, the process is the process. And if you let the process do the work, the process will do the work. And it's duplicatable. Anybody can pick it up and do it. That's why what we do on the transformation trips is so effective. It's a standard process. It's the same for everyone at the table. There's no flair. That's so good. That's so good. It reminds me a lot of raising children and how when they get to a certain age, they, they just naturally fight the parent. And as a parent, there are certain things that I did and do because I'm testing them. Mm -hmm. Can you listen? Can you follow the instructions? Can you shut your mouth? Can you... <laughs> Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, it's just, a, it's truly a test of listening to authority and showing respect and mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Learning those life lessons that are going to be harder if you don't learn them now. Right. Same kind of thing that continues to play itself out as we grow older. Absolutely. I remember um, as the director of operations at um, my current place, um, <clears throat> so, you know, you're in charge of processes, policies, procedures. And so um, my job is to find efficient ways of doing things, improving how we flow. And so I put this one particular thing in place and I sent it out to the team. I trained them on it. Okay, fine. <clears throat> Fast forward two months, they start complaining about something not happening. And so I went and I looked and I was like, hmm, okay, so what happened to this? Oh, we stopped doing that. Oh, okay. So you stopped doing it. And the purpose of that was, um, we, we just stopped. Oh, and so you're complaining about the very thing I gave you a solution for. Well, yeah. Okay. So let me put it plainly. And this is my tone. I didn't yell it. Let me put it plainly. The process is the process. If I give you a process, it's the process until it comes across my desk for approval to change it. There's a purpose for that. <clears throat> for me, it was matter of fact, black and white. You didn't follow the standards, so now we're getting all these errors. Well, so, several of them internalized that as I did not like them. Ooh, ooh, why? Why did they internalize that? <laughs> well, and that's the thing. So when I, when I corrected them, um, it was like, I don't know why she doesn't like me. She just hates me. Um, I don't even think about you when I leave here. Like I go home to my family. I go home to my life. Like this is a job. This is the standard. So if you're not willing to follow the standard, I'm not getting what the problem is. You, you know that this is how you submit your time card for therapeutic hours. You do not bill for taking three hours to do an intake. That's just not what we do as therapists. It's an hour. And if you need to continue, you pick it up on the next session. But you're billing me for three hours. Where do they do that at? And they took that as an, a personal attack on them, that I hated them. 
No, the industry standard is you <laughs> you have a billable hour. Hour. Yeah. And, and so I, I chuckled because I had just finished doing a class for them that business was not emotional. And, and how, how I took them through the process was um, I split down the middle business, process, procedures, policies, metrics, all of that stuff. Then I put the, the, that's the logical side, right? And then I did it. The other side, I didn't label it though, because I wanted to see if they were going to catch it. It was what contained the why, the mission, the vision. And so I asked them questions. I said, okay, so when you think about this company and you're on your way to work every morning, what's the first word that comes to mind? And they named family, connected, understood, um, passionate, all of these things. <clears throat> and then I asked them a question. I said, what, what do you notice about all those words? And they looked and now nobody got it. And I said, every single one of those words is tied to an emotional response. Mm -hmm. the, the, the business over here, the process, okay, you may not like the process, so you have an emotional response. You might not like the fact that your boss says, okay, you need to go to Timbuktu for this assignment for the next month. You may not like it, so you're going to have an emotional response. But it's how you go through that. You might say, this is stupid. Why can't they send so-and-so? I don't really want to go. I got small kids. And you, you turn this into, okay, now business is crossing over because why? Now I have to travel. But if I say, oh, I'm going to send you to sunny Florida. <laughs> and you, you get to be there for the month and we'll rent a villa and your family can go because the kids are out of school. Oh, I, we're going to be the best company in the whole wide world. Wow. The process hasn't changed. You still have to go do the workshop. You still have to go present the material. You still have to go and, you know, vet the client or whatever it is we're sending you to do. But you may not like the conditions. So now your emotions are triggered. You may not like the time frame. You may not like you have to travel with. You'd be like, I don't even like JoJo. Like, oh, why do I have to go on a trip with him? He's oh. so, he talks so much. And so now you. <laughs> And this happens time and time again, no matter what what um, form of business I've been um, involved in or encountered or visited. Wow. You hear the employees talk, it's usually their emotions. This is a waste of my time. I could be doing better with my talent. But they're not, they're two different things. And so I just, you know, it's unfortunate that insight is necessary people to recognize it but most people will not tap into that insight because it's uncomfortable so listening to you explain just matter of factly that business is not emotional you know the processes the strategy just all of that can kind of sound cold it can and i've heard that many times i think back to the first job i had out of college and I was downsized after two years because a major corporation purchased the small little company in Dubuque, Iowa, and they had 450 duplicated jobs now. They didn't need two accounting departments. They didn't need two financial. So of course, the purchased company is going to be downsized. That's the business of it, right? And many times we hear it's just business. It's just yeah. business. And what that means is it's, it's just a process. It's just the way... It has to work, but gosh, that feels and sounds so cold. Mm -hmm. and, and the reason is because we are humans with emotions. So 
we're tagging the cold behavior to the process. How do you how do you recommend that we we tolerate our emotions or we manage our emotions in business because they they are going to exist. So how do we make it work together? So I think um, again my perspective, um, knowing your own personal why, hmm. why you're involved in that business. Why you're doing that thing every day will help you. Okay, well, this is just a paycheck, right? If that, if that's if that's this is just a paycheck for me and my family. This is not my end all be all. This is a stepping stone. If you know that this is my wife for now, then you don't get lost in it when they're shifting, because you already have your own stuff moving in the background. And it's okay to have that as your why. It's my, it's just my paycheck. That's okay because, like you said, it's it's a stepping stone for where you're you're not working your own vision. If you're working for an employer, you're paid to work their vision. Exactly. So the why might not be this dynamic, life changing career thing, but it's a you stepping know, stone. I like it, it is. And but if you say, well, this is all I have, then that means you've given your identity over to that business. Hmm. So do you know who you are? first of all. And most of us are still looking for our purpose, right? For why we were created, for why we we're here on this earth. But even while you're searching, you got to eat, you got to pay your bills. Right. And so that's the logical side of being human. Ooh. I have to eat, have to pay my bills. My kids got to have clothes. That's logical. The emotions, when we allow that to drive what we do, then we're willing to sit for subpar pay. We're willing to stay because even if they're mistreating us. And, and so your why now becomes your trap. Oof. Is your why clear enough? And if it's just for a paycheck, then what's your backup plan? What's your next steps? You should always be working on your next steps because most of us settle for a job because we got to pay bills. And it is not until we've encountered some things and we've explored some things and we figured ourselves out that we say, this is what I'm I'm built to do, what I'm wired to do. But until then, you still got to eat, yeah. right? You still got to have a place to stay. And so how do you manage that emotional sway? Um, being clear about your why. Is it only to meet my natural needs? Or is this just a, um, a holding place until my income over here on my side hustle reaches where I need it to be? Wow. And that's the thing. Am I just going to get a job and stay and think it's going to last 30 years till I can retire? Would they do that? Like most companies yeah. don't even do that anymore. Right. <laughs> what is it like? Four years is the average now. It's the average. And and if you find one of those companies that is really taking good care of their employees, usually they have ways for you to progress forward in that company. But if you find yourself in the same position year after year, then what are you doing? Are you settling? So these are reflective questions. It's, it's not a judgment. It's you have to be self-reflective when you find yourself employed by others. And even when you find yourself employed by you. Yeah, that's you can't, Yeah. So <laughs> the thing about it, if you can't have sound boundaries with your employer, will you have sound boundaries with yourself? What great questions to be asking yourself here at the beginning of a year. 
to reflect last year and, and figure out where are you going? Where do you want to go as you go into this new year? These are hard, very hard questions. And I think back to all the jobs I've had and how I've been unhappy and dissatisfied and, but they have been stepping stones to get me where I am today. Mm -hmm. And they don't happen when you're 22 years old. They don't happen when you're 45. They're just constantly happening, right? Constantly. constantly. And you, self-discovery is the most important part of all of this. Right. Because I know me enough to know that if I don't want to work there, I'm not going to work there. I don't care how much money you play. And I also know that I like the freedom of being my own boss. Yeah. Why? Because I can go to Papua New Guinea <laughs> and just block out my schedule right. and, and serve people. So what I'm passionate about, I get to do. However, I took another position as a director of operations, not because I really wanted to be a director of operations, but because I had the skill set to do so. And during COVID, it was an amazing padding for what I do. Mm. Why? Because everybody shifted in the therapy world when COVID happened. Because it's like, oh, wait, nobody's coming to the office. What do we do now? And everybody's scrambling, scrambling for online solutions and trying to figure out how that's going to work. And and so that was a, a, a nice cushion for me to step into a director of operations role. Um and be able to look at systems and processes and, and say, okay, this is not working. This is not, we don't have anything here. There's no stopgap here. And, and you see the order of things. It, it wasn't about me being an expert. It was about, I have 20 plus years in HR. And it just came in handy in a time in my life where I needed a supplemental income. That's not my why. <laughs> my why was, well, my clients aren't coming, so I don't get paid. I need some money. And, and so you take something and usually you do something that you're good at already, but it's not your end all be all. That's not why I traveled to Papua New Guinea. Being a coach and a therapist and wanting to make an impact on others and just share wisdom with people and share life with people and just be in relationship. So, so I'm not a cold hearted person when I say business is not emotional, right? I love people. I love to be around people and share and be in community. However, I also recognize that <laughs> how I feel about a thing doesn't determine whether or not it stays or goes unless I'm in charge of it. That's how HR professionals can downsize and talk to employees to say, Hey, sorry, we're letting you go. It's not easy. And, and so don't, don't give me, it is not easy to like, cause because as HR, you also know their stories, yeah. you know their family dilemmas, you know, all of these things about people who have been around for years and it's not easy to write those letters. It's not easy to hit send. It's not easy to do that because we're human also. And that could be us. And so it's not a a, a a humanless act. It is an act of business logistics metrics. And, and so, yeah, people get downsized and it impacts them significantly. But the person delivering it isn't the person. They're not cold hearted. They're just following the facts, unfortunately. That's business. The logistical side, it's logical. Like if the numbers don't make sense, somebody's got to go. 
right? Or something has to go. The human side says, no, we have to save everyone. But some businesses can afford that flexibility. And, and, and that's the unfortunate side of business. Yeah. Because it turns and it flips and then twists. And, you know, I've, even the company that I'm at, I've seen people opt out of working because unemployment was more beneficial for them during COVID. Well, that's and a business decision. It wasn't a business decision. The people did it. Aha. Uh -huh. Right. So it was, um, you know, the government offered all that extra money. And so they were like, oh, wait, I don't have to work 20, 30, 40 hours at all. And and and, uh, and I'm going to make more than I make all month. Yeah, that's a no brainer. And we had people, salaried people, opt out of their job and go home and collect unemployment. And they did it for the whole time. So we're sitting here looking like we have work, but we have no people. And so they chose their why. Right. But right. now that the economy is picking back up. Those positions that would have been there for them. Somebody else has it. Because someone else was hungry enough during COVID to say, I'm going to go to work. And then they're like, oh, well, I'm ready to come back to work. Oh, well, your position is gone. So there's that side of it too. We make decisions emotionally, right? And then we don't realize the the ramifications of those decisions. Okay, so that's interesting because I can see both sides. I see how we made the decision emotionally, but it's also factual because I'm going to get more dollars from unemployment mm -hmm. and work less. It's yep. a factual. It's a factual business right. decision from my personal business account, right? Right. So it makes logical sense. Right. So think about the other side of that, though. Although I use logic to make that decision, did I look at long term? Okay. Bottom line, life is messy. <laughs> it's messy. And you have to be able to, to distinguish between them. Like, what's the human side of this? Did they personally attack me or was it a downsize because of business finances? It, it wasn't personal to me. It's just my position was expendable. Right. And that's tough to take. That's the hit on, on ego, right? But also what I what I think back, just my own stories and then other people's stories is if we're not able to grasp a hold of this idea that business is not emotional, there are emotions that will create unforgiveness. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's certain stores that I don't go to because of things they said or did. Mm-hmm. There, there's that unforgiveness that's happening and really unforgiveness only damages me right. because that business is still thriving. They're still in business. That person is doing whatever and thriving in life. Mm -hmm. Unforgiveness is damaging me. So when it comes to business is not emotional, it is something I need to work through so that I'm not harboring this unforgiveness and this additional emotion, if anything. Right. And the process to, to, to move through that is really self-reflection. Wow. Why am I responding so intensely about this particular thing? What is it about this particular thing that has me so unraveled? Not the person, not the place. This particular situation, why am I so unraveled? Because when we remove the other human elements, now we just have a mirror straight to ourselves. Yes. 
why am I responding this way? Not why did they do what they did? Those why questions, they're a never ending trap of loops. But why am I experiencing this so intensely? That's that internal work most people hate to do, but it's so necessary for every human being. I always teach that anger is a secondary emotion. And I always show I the picture of the iceberg where what you see on top is the anger, but whoo, what's causing the anger is so much bigger than what we're seeing. You know, is it my right. ego? Am I hurt? Feeling is it disappointment? Is it feeling rejected? Like, what is it that triggered it? What, what was the emotional trigger? And, and so, you know, as a coach and a therapist, that's a lot of the work that I do with people, which is most of the time it's lack of insight. And people say, oh, I know myself. Okay, so tell me, who are you? <laughs> that question floors them all together. They're like, wait, wait, I wasn't expecting that one. And, and I tell them, there's a caveat. I don't want to know your roles. I don't know your, I want to know your responsibilities. I don't even want to know your preferences. Who are you? That's getting deep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, I don't know. Because they the first thing they, they say is, I'm a wife, or um, I'm a mother, or I'm a daughter, or I'm a doctor, or I'm a lawyer. Mm, we don't want none of that. Because when I peel back all of that, who are you? That's good. This is really good. This is, you know what, this is why I love coaching. Because when you're coaching with somebody, my, my challenge is to mess with people's thinking, I guess that more so that's my, my, my goal is to mess with people's thinking, to help them to think differently at it. But it's that revelation they're going to receive by answering these questions, not because I told them, exactly because they are going to define who they are they're going to uncover it because and and so they already know who they are and i say that and people like what i don't know you were born knowing who you are but society life circumstances have kicked it out of you like you know who you are like you can see a brand new baby and how they are in the nursery and people will walk through oh that's a feisty one right there oh that one's so sweet uh, that one, oh, that's a sneaky one right there. I see him kicking his twin brother. Like we, we make all of these snap, just instance. They've never spoken a word. They've never walked a step, but we can see their personalities. We can see characteristics coming through. So, and as they get older, even as they're toddlers, you're like, ah, yeah, I knew, I knew that was coming. But then we stop giving them permission to do that. We stop giving them permission to be who they are because that's not going to be acceptable in society or that's going to get you in trouble or instead of encouraging them to express it in a healthy way instead of an emotional way so that they can be the fullness of them. Most people bury that part of themselves that was creative or that was logical or that was able to cry and have empathy because someone told them the lie that real men don't cry or somebody said to them stop being a pansy or like whatever (laughs) or you run like a girl and and so all of these misconceptions that we as humans embed into each other at little little people we don't realize that we're destroying their identities when we do that societal like band-aid across all things human it's like, we are not cookie cutter. 
we are not the same. We don't think the same. We don't process the same. We don't love the same. We are individuals, part of a collective that we're meant to share like this human experience one to another. But when you, the minute you tell somebody that, oh, you're weird because you do that, you're quirky, then you, you start to shut them down. And before they know it, they don't know who they are anymore. Well, then you have something as unemotional as business happening. It's rules that they need to follow because that's the business they work for. And, mm -hmm. and there's no human care in that business process. Mm -hmm. and, and that's where it all kind of gets meld together, and confused. Yep. But also, I think you said it before, it, we need to answer these tough questions for ourselves to remind ourselves Absolutely. who we are and who we want to be so that we can handle business. Right. Because I can be me. I can handle anything. Yeah. And if I, if I'm not me, then everything's going to unravel me. Yes. Why? Because it's not going to feel right. It's going to feel like putting on steel wool clothes. Yeah. And it's just abrasive. I don't, why do I like, uh, why do I eat onions? I don't even like onions. Oh, I started doing that because my mom liked onions and and then you realize I do this because of so-and-so and I do that because of so-and-so and I don't like none of that. And then you start pulling off these things that other people placed on you or that you assumed you, 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 you know, collected from the people in your life and encounters. And then you realize, oh, oh, that baggage just got so light. Who am I? Well, I know who I am. I like onions, right? right. I, I like standing my toes, like that. And once you can get a grip of who you are emotionally, you can handle any business process Absolutely. that come your way. Absolutely. Awesome. Okay. Okay. This is so good. Thank you. As we, as we come to a close, what, what last thought can you leave our listeners with to help them navigate business, even when their emotions get in the way? Take a deep breath. Ask yourself, is it worth it? Is my response worth it? Mm. Because that means you've already done that self-reflective work and you know what an outburst would, would cost you. Is it worth it? That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And I'm going to forever think about you as a young military person who's uh, <laughs> usurping her authority. <laughs> It's such a great visual because we know of people and I know of experiences within my own life when I've done that as well. And, and it's a great example of business is not emotional. So quit trying to marry the two. Bingo. That's a good one. I'm going to steal that. Okay. You can do that. <laughs> you can do that. Okay. I hope, I hope that we've challenged everybody to think differently today about business, about emotions, about your reflection time, about how you're going forward in this new year. Uh, yeah, I hope that this has challenged you. It's definitely challenged me. So Lillian, thank you. Thank you for connecting with us today. Thank you for being my friend and continuing to help me learn and grow. I so learn from you. I'm, I'm still learning from our time together in Papua New Guinea. I'm still journaling and your name is coming up so often. Thank you. <laughs> oh, you're so sweet. My my heart to yours. I love you. And I, I, I hope and pray that anyone that is watching um, gets a nugget that, that's that's food for their soul for this new year that will help them become all who they were created to be. Oh. Just know that 
It's not a lost cause. You are not a lost cause. You are worth it. You are valuable. And everything about you, even the stuff that's buried, is worth sharing with the world. Well said. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Happy you. New Year, everyone. I hope this topic has challenged you in thinking differently as you strive to grow from success to world class. Please follow this podcast, share it with your friends, and follow me and Unity Consulting on all social platforms, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, and our websites, unityconsultingllc.com and kathyrotes.com. Just make sure to spell my name right. I look forward to connecting with you next time to challenge your habits so that you are more efficient and fully empowered. Mm -hmm.